Welcome to the podcast at thatguitarlover.com. I'm your host, Ross Chevalier. When I say headless, I'm using a colloquialism for an instrument without a traditional headstock. It's not a new idea. It dates back to the late 70s when Ned Steinberger built his NS1 Spectre, that in addition to not having a traditional headstock, had the tuners behind the bridge and a body made out of carbon fiber. That first headless instrument was a bass guitar, but Steinberger followed that up with other headless basses and guitars. I own an older Steinberger Spirit headless guitar that I bought well over a decade ago when I was traveling for business every week because it gave me something that was easy to transport and that I could play in hotel rooms. One of the obvious benefits of a headless instrument is the smaller size and lighter weight. While my spirit is made out of wood, not carbon fiber, it's still quite light, and its case is designed to be a backpack. I never had any issues carrying it as a carry-on item on board with any airline. In fact, I would often encounter flight crew also carrying one from time to time with their own for that very same reason, something to play while on the road. A headless guitar of this type has a normal scale length. And while there are travel guitars without a traditional headstock, many are also short scale, and there is an acclimatization period that's required when switching back and forth between them and an instrument with a more traditional scale length. Steinberger, the brand, was acquired by Gibson, and for a while appeared to vanish into obscurity. They're still part of Gibson Brands, and they're back, and they're online at steinberger.com. Thus, any Gibson dealer can get you a Steinberger. Unfortunately, they're rarely in stock, even at the larger Gibson dealers. Another line that has become very, very popular, particularly initially with metal players or those looking for an extended range, is called Strandberg. Strandbergs are headless, but are quite different in terms of layout and construction. I bought myself a Strandberg Bowden 8-string a couple of years ago, And I think it's a wonderful instrument, and I will not get ahead of myself by talking much about the Ibanez Q-series that I recently got in to do a review. In fact, it's because Ibanez got behind the idea of headless in their Q-series that prompted this episode. Now you can go into an Ibanez dealer and see and play a headless guitar. It's not a special order. They're in stock most everywhere. Some players have said that without the headstock, their hands are running off the end of the neck. Can't say it's ever happened to me. Some have claimed that the tuners, bridges, and pickups are low-end stuff. And again, I'm inclined to challenge that assertion. My Steinberger GT Pro, aka the Spirit, sounds great whether using a simple interface to my computer for playing on the road or into a classic tube amplifier for recording or playing live. The Fishman Nuance active pickups in the Strandberg are quite amazing as well. When I have completed my review of the Ibanez Q, you'll hear in that article my thoughts on them along with some samples. I find the tuners on these guitars very precise across all the brands, and the double locking string modality holds tune very well. You can also find strings for headless guitars from the major makers. I'm using Diodarios on my guitars, and 
from what I can tell so far, the Ibanez Q-Series uses just standard guitar strings. Some folks find the looks different and unappealing. I've yet to hear any guitar where the looks impact the tone, so in my opinion, these concerns are completely personal. Although I've heard some people say that they don't want to be seen playing a headless guitar because of what viewers may think. I'm very sorry for these people who worry more about a visual decision over the quality of the music. Getty Lee of Rush played a Steinberger bass for a while, and he never seemed to be worried that anyone would question his musicianship because of the looks of the instrument he was playing. Thus, if the playability of the instrument is as good as traditional designs, and the instrument is smaller, lighter, and more transportable, this type of design may be something that you would like to consider. Remember that when Martin changed their guitars from the Stouffer design, some people considered that horrible. And when Leo Fender released the Broadcaster, later known as the Nocaster and now the ubiquitous Telecaster, it was seen as heresy by some. I can see that both companies, Martin and Fender, have continued to be very successful. So I would submit, looks are a whole lot less critical to the serious player than functionality and tone. As always, thanks for listening. Please consider subscribing to the articles and this podcast so you get notified when a new one is posted. Until next time, peace.